0: Hi, Pompey fans and welcome to Pure Forecast episode fifty-five. Well, Pompey nearly walked away with three points at Fratton Park, came up just short against Peterborough. But joining me today to unpick all of this is the amazing co-host from the future and the present, Andy Mitchell-Moore. How are you, mate? Hi,
1: mate. Nice to be here. Not too bad, thank you. Yeah, not not the worst weekend, I suppose. For Pompey, was it?
0: No, it wasn't. It wasn't the worst at all. I think the performance was there. Um, And just a couple of individual errors um, cost us that we'll come on to. So, yeah, going into it, we're going to review the Peterborough game. Followed by that, we put a question out there for you guys. And you've come back strong with all kinds of different opinions. So thanks again, guys, for getting involved. And that is talking about the suspension of Christian Burgess. What the hell do we do at centre-back? And then leading on from that, we're going to preview the game against Accrington Stanley. Andy, Peterborough, we're both there. Um started a bit slow, didn't it? And Ollie Hawkins gave away, basically, a goal for the lovely Ivan Toby to knock in at the back post.
1: Yeah, it was one of those games where, I mean, half of Peterborough's team seemed to be players that we've called for in previous transfer windows would be really good additions to Pompey's squad. And mm-hmm. it's full of players who always seem to turn up against Pompey. But, yeah, it was frustrating that uh, for, the, for the opening goal, we didn't really make even Tony do any work at all, bearing in mind, yeah, he's a seriously good uh, player up top and he scored a disgusting goal last week, I think it was in the FA Cup. But he'd yeah. really had that, yeah, the opening goal was handed to him on a plate, wasn't it? Which is kind of frustrating uh, as a Pompey fan.
0: Yeah, as soon as it came off Hawkins' foot and, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it just, you know, he just took a swipe at it and as soon as that went across the box, you just had that feeling, didn't you, that it was going to be tapped in at the back post.
1: Um, yeah, it, it was one of those moments where time slows down and you're just like... Head in hands, you know exactly what's coming, and you can't do anything about it. Just watching the car crash in slow motion in front of you.
0: Did you think it was going to be one of those days at that point, Andy, or did you think that it was just a, uh, it was an error, but we could bounce back from it? Well, to be honest with this game,
1: I, I said before the game that I was pretty sure over two and a half goals was going to be the safest bet of the game because Peter Peter would score a huge amount, but they're a bit dodgy defensively. Um, and with a bit of a, we've got a bit of a makeshift centre back pairing at the moment so i didn't honestly think the opening goal was that important uh, obviously that sounds really stupid obviously the opening goal is important but i didn't think it was one of those games where if we went behind that was it i thought there were going to be chances for both sides and it was going to come down to who take who took a higher proportion of their chances um so yeah i was, i think my prediction before the game was 3-2 pompey but yeah the opening goal didn't seem like the end of the world to me um but obviously the manner at which it went in it would have been really easy for heads to go down on the pitch
0: yeah well now i would say that obviously a disappointing way to score a goal but in general it took a little bit of time just to bed in didn't it and then you know pompey really came back into the game i'd say um and again we'll we'll get this over and done with andy because lee brown's goal People messaged me, inundated me with tweets saying, you know, hope I put my usual bet on Lee Brown. For those people who don't know already listening, I didn't. I forgot. So 60-odd games betting on Lee Brown, and I've ended up pocketless after that uh, goal. Andy, the free kick, do you think he deliberately meant to drive it along the floor with the wall jumping? Or do you think that was just one of those things?
1: No, it was completely intentional. Obviously, you can't know the wall's going to jump as it does, but Lee Brown's not the sort of player you expect to, you know, caress into the top corner from that sort of position. I think you know what you're going to get. Uh, Ollie, the guy that sits just in front of me, told me he had a good feeling about the free kick just as it was lining up to be taken. Um, and, yeah, it was it was the right time. Um, been waiting a while for him to score his first first goal. And, uh, yeah, that, loved the celebration. There's that one photo of him halfway through his, uh, doing a front uh, forward roll that absolutely love. Um, but, yeah, he's had... So many half chances and so many times you thought it it was his moment to score and he's hit the post, hit the bar. You know, everything you can think of apart from score. Yeah, absolutely buzzing to see him go in. And uh, bad times for you not putting the bet on. Absolutely rookie mistake on your part, that is, mate.
0: Yeah, no, mate, there's no excuses at all. It, it ran through my head when when uh, Matt used to do the podcast with us here. He turned to me and went, Lee Brown. It's Lee Brown, mate. Um, I'll be honest. You know, I celebrating, and then the sort of as soon as that calmed down, the little bit of devastation creeped into me. Um, but obviously, I forgot to put that bet on, but hey ho, there's life. Probably a good lesson there for anyone listening. Right,
1: bet um, for another 60 games on it, mate. It will come in again. Maybe do you reckon? That, like now he's do you reckon? Drunk, The confidence will be there.
0: I can't tell whether I should just cut my losses now, mate, or whether I should carry on blindly. No, carry on,
1: carry on 100%. All right, gambling's there's no bad things that can happen with gambling, mate. So,
0: yeah, every week. That's it, I'll do that. But you know, be advised kids. Um, okay, cool. So <laughs> Lee Brown gets his goal. I think he said he, you know, managed to get four goals into into one sorry, four celebrations into one, didn't he? Um obviously just everything running for his head when he scored that. And from then on, really, the momentum was with Pompey, wasn't it? Until they got the second goal.
1: Yeah. Um to be honest with you, for the for most of the if not all of the game, I was pretty happy with how how Pompey played compared to some of the, the dire football we've seen in the past in the in the relatively recently past at Fratton. Um, the style of football was pretty good. Uh, and yeah, we definitely had the better of the game uh, between uh, Peter's first goal and our second goal, and we deserved to go two on up when we did. And I mean you can't argue that much with a draw. I think if either team deserved to win the game, it was Pompey, uh, which against a, a high flying team in league one is not something you're going to complain about when when you see the sort of player they've got in their lineup.
0: No, completely. I mean, they were missing one key player, weren't they, with Marcus Madison, who I think you could see that, couldn't you, in their link up play up front, that they missed that that midfield, a bit like Pompey have with the number 10, really, uh, linking up Issa and Tony, really, from the midfield. Um, and without that link, I think it really enabled Pompey just to push up, um, get on top of Peterborough. And, you know, we were pressing a lot um, until that, you know, the goal win, is it, 2 2, and then. For some reason, it seemed to it seemed to change, didn't it? The pressure a little bit, and Pompey sort of sips up back a bit. That's not like us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Marcus Madison was out, and um, they were they were missing uh,
1: George Boyd and Josh Knight, I think, as well uh, from from central midfield. They normally play behind Marcus Madison, so I guess like the core centre part of the team weren't there. Which, if you're being negative, you could say make makes it a bit of a missed opportunity. But before the game, I'd have taken a point. Um, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be negative and complain about it. I think it's a good point, but they were missing some key players that potentially could have made the difference were they fit. But I think on paper you'd say that they've got a, a stronger squad than Pompey at the moment, which is unfortunate to say, but that's that's my opinion. So we can't complain about getting a point for it. Uh, in terms of getting defensive after con- after going uh, to two all, I mean, what, what can you really say to that? That's that's very much. Very much Pompey. Uh, one of my friends is a Peterborough uh, fan, and yeah, I messaged him saying it would be very on-brand for us to concede in you know 88th minute after going super defensive and trying to keep eight or nine men behind the ball at all times. But to be fair to them, they saw it out. And yeah, take a point, move on.
0: Yeah, no, completely. And it, it definitely was a good point. Um, Ellis Harrison's finish, that was pretty nice, wasn't it? He just sort of played it across the keeper, I saw Rodan Curtis at the back post bearing down with his defender. If that bounced out rather than in, do you reckon Curtis was getting there? Uh,
1: my gut instinct at the time was no. Uh, I haven't actually watched it back, mate. Uh, I haven't watched the highlights. My gut instinct at the time was no, I didn't think Curtis was going to get there again, purely from watching it live. I thought the keeper should have done a bit better, uh, but yeah, you're not going to complain at, 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 at scoring the second goal. Um, it's nice to see Harrison get a goal with his feet. He scored quite a lot with his head, hasn't he? But he, yeah. his work ethic throughout the whole game was really good. He was hassling and hounding uh, the Peterborough defensive players, even all through the first half. Uh, at halftime, we were chatting about the work ethic he's put in, and I thought he was the best player we had in the first half, um, even before scoring. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a deserved goal to cap off the performance for him. Um, and it's... Really good to see that he's come from a position where he was getting a run out in the cup games, and very much not first choice when he first arrived at the club. And now you'd say he's one of the first names on the team sheet because he is putting in consistent performances and actually topping them off with with goals on a fairly regular basis now.
0: Yeah, completely. He's the sort of the focal point, really, isn't he, of the Kenny Jacket attack? And we've been talking about you know Kenny's system needing someone up top who's got that work ethic but also can bring other players into play and Ellis Harrison's got both of those he, he chases things down he's he can hold the ball up lay it off but he's now showing that he's more than that and he can score with his feet as well as his head so you no know, credit to Ellis and also I thought it was quite a tough duel for him to play up against Mark Beavers at the back and I know that the Peterborough defence hasn't been given many plaudits, and quite rightly so for conceding some goals. But you know, I think Beavers is a good experience centre back for him to play against. And I saw the stats that he won 12 of the um key headers, but Beavers won eight. So we've seen games before where Harrison's managed to dominate those stats completely and only maybe lose one. So that really showed what a tough, you know, tough task he had ahead of him. So it's great to see him get the better of him and get that goal. Um Yeah, moving on from Ellis, I suppose, um, let's get into it. The Peterborough goal itself, Andy, what did you think about the way we defended it? Because Williams got substituted off straight away after the goal, and I thought he gave Dan Butler way too much time to put that cross in.
1: Um, Well, the, the substitution was going to take place before that attack anyway. Harness was already stripping off by the side of the pitch because... Again, something that we, we'd we noticed uh, while that attack was, was brewing on the left-hand side. Um, it's easy in hindsight to say, yes, he had too much space to get the ball in. But realistically, it shouldn't be that easy for a striker to get in a, a world of space between two centre-backs uh, in that position. I know we're going to talk about centre-back pairings uh, in, a, in a moment. Um but yeah, it's easy in hindsight to say he didn't close him down uh, well enough and he gave him too much time to deliver the ball, and that is true. Uh, but for me, if you're looking at fault for that goal, you look more at the centre-back. It was a good ball in from Butler, to be fair. Uh, he looked really good going forward. I thought he looked really shaky defensively. Um, he got shown up a bit by Ryan Williams at times, and then when Harness came on running at him as well. Um, yeah, I thought he, he wasn't fantastic defensively, but you could see going forward that he was going to be a threat for the full 90 minutes. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'd, I'd I'd focus on the centre backs, mate, as a as the issue with that second goal. I think.
0: Yeah, no, that's what going sort to of come on for because when you watch Oli Hawkins there, he absolutely drifts, doesn't he? he drifts he sort of he drifts in set,
1: post,
0: doesn't he? Yeah, he sets up positionally, but you you can't do that when you've got someone like Mo Issa you know, on your shoulder, and um, and yeah, that's going to go down on um, unfortunately Oli as another defensive lap, isn't it? Really, and it, you know, fought for the goal.
1: Yeah, it happens to to everyone at one point or another. Um, but yeah, it wasn't obviously it wasn't his day on Saturday. Um, off the back of a couple of games where you know, he's given away a penalty and potentially should have or was lucky not to give away a penalty in a different game. Um, yeah, yeah, you're you're asking someone to play at centre back where it's not their preferred position. It's going to happen. I think in the whole he's done a really good job uh, for the most part. Bearing in mind he was signed thinking he was going to be playing. One up top, he's he's put in a seriously good shift uh, for the last what, year and however long now in that position. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't his day on Saturday, and to be honest, it was never going to be easy going against uh, Iser and Ivan Tony, who are two of the the better strikers in in our division. It was never going to be easy for him. It's just a pity that the first goal was such an obvious individual mistake, and again, the second goal was just very avoidable. But then, if you're playing in League One realistically we're going to have players who make that sort of mistake and if they didn't ever make that sort of mistake they wouldn't be playing in league one and that's why we were spoiled with matt clark for the most part i think
0: yeah and i think it's sometimes unfair for people to try and expect that matt clark level of play at the back isn't it from these players because quite simply it's just not going to happen i yeah i agree
1: to a point we're not going to sign another matt clark that's very much you know uh a once in a once, not once in a generation, but it's, it's a rare occurrence to happen. But I think it's fair that people expect us to have signed replacements who are going to be more first choice than on the bench behind a former Dagenham and Redbridge number nine. I don't think that's unfair for people people to expect the replacements to be better than that, uh, or not even better than that, but more preferred than that in the in the lineup.
0: Yeah, and we'll definitely come on to hearing what everyone else has got to say about this as well, um, and and. You know their preferred partnerships because it it is a worrying um you know point at the back of a team, isn't it? At the moment, Um just touching on the game quickly, mate. Uh, Ronan Curtis looked lively from the go, didn't he? When arguably one of their players should easily have been booked if not sent off for the challenge on him, I think it was after fifteen seconds. Or yeah, it was
1: pretty much the first play of the game. Yeah, I I genuinely think if that had been later on in the game, you might have seen a different decision. Um I think teams are going to, if they aren't already, they started uh, targeting Ronan Curtis in terms of. Trying to get Pompey riled up, uh, trying to get a reaction out of him. Um, but yeah, very, very fortunate. I thought again, as I say, I only saw it live. I haven't watched back the replay. Um, but it was, it set their stall out, didn't it, in the first minute of the game as to what we could expect for the next for the next ninety minutes.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. And I thought I thought running Curtis looked pretty positive. He looked like. When he was on the ball, he looked like that. The dangerous Ronan Curtis that we want to see, you know, that defenders were worried about. And I thought for the most of it, he got the the best of Nathan Thompson at the right-back position. What did you think of Nathan Thompson's performance uh, against Pompey?
1: Well, we were talking before the game about whether or not he was going to get stick from the the, the Pompey fans when he got on the ball. And again, I quite like the guy, to be honest with you. I think he did a pretty good job for us. Is flops are, they just crease me up every single time I'm watching the game. Even if we're losing the game and he do one, I'd still laugh. Um, he put in good shifts. He got bad advice from, uh, from his agent, obviously. And some people will hold that against him. And that's fair enough. Everyone's got their own opinion. Um, but I was wondering whether or not he was going to get booed when he touched the ball. And we were about seven or eight minutes in and we still didn't know if he was going to get booed or not because he hadn't actually done anything. Um, it was reasonably unspectacular game for him. I didn't. Yeah, I, I wasn't really blown away either way. To be honest with you, mate, I'd still take him back in our starting lineup. To be honest with you, if you offered me it now, uh, I'd start him at right back.
0: I mean, he looked like he was playing in, in a sort of a wing back formation, didn't he? Really, um, and he looked a bit lost. He wasn't quite sure whether he was supposed to be further forward or further back, and he had the, you know, Ronan Curtis playing slightly. You know, either behind or in front of him, but in the way that he didn't quite know how to mark him like usual, I thought he looked out of position. Yeah, don't take any that way from Roden. I thought he did a really good job. Um, I thought the whole front four did pr- quite well. Um, I thought Marcus was okay. Um,
1: yeah, some, it was really some, good work rate, wasn't he? Yeah, really, oh, really yeah. good work rate
0: yeah and in the second half i thought in particular when we're talking about us losing momentum um he actually pressed the uh the peterborough defenders um quite a lot and it sort of won the fans on side again which sort of helped pick the whole team up
1: yeah that's exactly it mate it gets it gets frustrated very very quickly at fratton as a whole when pompey sit back and sit sort of on the edge of that 30 35 yards and let teams come onto them uh when we've just conceded and we've gone two all for example in, in this game uh, and yeah Marcus will continue putting pressure on chase down lost causes put pressure on the goalkeeper for for any part from any pass back and yes what you want to see and it gets the crowd going and that's got to translate into something on the pitch in terms of getting the players that extra you know even if it's half a percent of energy for the last 20 minutes then that sort of work ethic from him is only going to have uh, Positive results. But yeah, he worked his socks off. I thought he had a really good game for the most part. Yeah, that really good chance at the start of the second half, uh, where I think it hit it straight at the keeper from from an angle. But other than that, yeah, a, a, a solid game. Again, I wouldn't really say any of the, the Pompey players had a really poor game, other than potentially because of individual mistakes. Holly Hawkins.
0: Yeah, and I thought the the core of the team was good. I thought the front four were excellent. I thought Marcus Harness looked good when he came on to the level that he won quite a few corners. You know, it caused a new a new sort of headache at that position. Obviously, we'll talk about Brendan Houndstrip now. He's, mm, you know, that injury good, I've is heard is not good at all, is it? So he's going to be out for a while. Um, you know, I know, he apparently he left the game on crutches and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So, you know, hoping for speedy recovery because he's managed to hold down that right back position, hasn't he? Even with, you know, other right backs and people returning into the team. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a shame.
1: I've seen him play at left back, centre back, and right back this year, and to be fair to him, he's done a pretty decent job in all three positions. So that's that's all you can ask from someone if they're being forced to be that versatile in terms of where they're playing. Uh, but yeah, it looked like a serious one, didn't it? And you would you wouldn't imagine we're going to see him with it. Well, within the next next few next couple of months, at so absolute best by the looks of it. So I guess yeah, you'd see either Bolton or walks back in there for. For Saturday,
0: yeah, no, which and
1: this makes me sad to say
0: people have got quite a lot of different um opinions on this, Andy, and some of them are a little bit out there, so brace yourself for those in a minute. Um, yeah, that's it, really. I can't really think, you know, McGivory is finding goal again, solid. Um, Lee Brown obviously got the goal. I thought closer and later a bit quiet. Um, only thing that concerns me a little bit is close seems to revert well in the last game anyway, he seemed to revert. A bit more defensive now. Naylor's come back into that role with him in midfield. Is that something that you picked out as well? Um, I didn't specifically,
1: to be honest. Um, may well be the case that it was that it did happen, but it's not something I picked up on myself. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a quiet game. Um I mean, I think everything that can be said has been said over the last six weeks about who should be starting in centre midfield. I think it's fairly obvious that Close and Naylor is going to be Kenny Jackett's preferred uh, two starting in centre midfield. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Ross McCrory comes into the side at a right back, in the right back position, or whether he gets kept on the bench as sort of a first choice midfielder. Um, but yeah, close had acquired this game. You know, sort of a, an average six out of ten, I'd say. Sort of a match where solid but not spectacular is what the note I made about him, to be honest. Uh but yeah I, I don't think there's anything new to say about that About no. Ben close being in the side it's, it's all been said
0: no I agree mate I agree um, and when he's on his game he can get goals so exactly. yeah we're, yeah exactly okay so let's go out to the question that we guys we put out for you um again thanks again everybody for your responses um we'll try and get through as many as possible but there was there was absolutely tons Andy so okay so the question we asked was. Burgess will miss Accrington serving a one-match suspension following his fifth booking of the season. Could Naylor be moved back pairing up with Raggett or Hawkins? Is it a a chance for Downing? Who's your Pompey centre-back partnership on Saturday? So, let's kick it off. Mate, how... Sorry, before you start. How are
1: we we 18 league games in, plus cup competitions, and we don't know who our second-choice centre-back pairing is when our first... First choice centre back is suspended for a match. How are we in that position?
0: Isn't it, is I it mean, not because we've got such a diverse, versatile squad with so many options, Andy?
1: It, it is not. No, <laughs> mate, I uh, it frustrates me. But yeah, sorry, carry on. I just wanted to get that in before we before we start discussing the options.
0: I thought you might have something to say with this, the sort of sigh <laughs> came out at the end of the um, end of me asking it. So Samstone obviously being on the podcast pumping news now he says we should go for um, Naylor and Raggett at the back with walks back in centre midfield oh, yeah. um, I don't love that if I'm honest
1: every, I mean everyone's got an opinion haven't they on football uh, I think if we put Naylor back in centre back and walks in midfield alongside close to me that'd be a, a fairly weak centre midfield pairing that's for me but that, that's my opinion on it. But I mean, Naylor did a perfectly good job at centre back, but I do, well, I'm torn on that. I do feel like it's a bit of a waste to have him playing there. But at the same time, if we're going to concede a goal a game because of central defensive screw ups, because we can't play our first choice centre backs, then I guess it's potentially an option. It's not the one I'd go for. But it's, I mean, well, let's There are none of these options, mate. That we're going to go. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's a really good. That's a really good uh, second option we've got here. There's always going to be a a niggle of. Well, it's not great, is it? To be honest with you, with with the centre back pairings we've got now for for this weekend coming up.
0: I disagree, mate. I'm, we're going to have to on No, I don't really. But let, let's go into what Richard I says. Um, Raggett and Downing are the centre-backs. The experiment with Hawkins needs to end. He's a good player, but he's not a centre-back. I mean, Ollie Hawkins had a, you know, had a bit of a... We had a poor game, didn't he? Um, Bless him. I mean, I thought he made some good challenges, actually, at the back, apart from the two glaring errors. And Mm. he also won the most headers at the back as well. Um, Another four more than someone like Burge. However, it's not always great, is it, when you change both your centre-backs... And you're right back. So three out of four. No, you need um, continuity, don't you? You need yeah. you need
1: some continuity. 100% I agree with that.
0: So do you want to drop Hawk into this game and um, listen to what Richard said and go for the classic Raggett and Downing partnership? <sighs>
1: um, personally, no. Uh, in my opinion, when I've watched Downing, I, I can't think of a game I've watched in play where I've been impressed at the end of it. Uh, I would have Hawkins and Raggett at centre-back, which a lot of people are going to disagree with. That's absolutely fine by me. I think we need some sort of continuity with our right-back changing as well, as you say. And I think changing three out of the four of our back four uh, for for a game is going to result in some difficulties. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd play Hawkins and Raggett myself at centre-back.
0: I mean, yeah... The only thing which Bertie here points out in that is that do you think that Raggett and Hawkins have a very similar style of football that might be more likely to be exposed? I think it's fair to say that Downing is probably the more mobile player out of the two of him and Raggett.
1: Uh, yeah, 100% agreed. Um, Raggett went up in my estimations with his Cruyff turn uh, the other week. That, oh. that, that sort of, you know, <laughs> changed, changed everything for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, I agree that, if we did play those two, we'd have to play a fairly deep back line uh, so they don't get exposed with balls. Well, yeah, with with against faster strikers. Um, which again, but if we're playing away from home, then potentially going to have a fair fairly deep line anyway. So potentially not the end of the world. Yeah, um, I agree with the comment that they're very they're going to be very similar players in terms of their weaknesses. But if we play a deep back four and just use the centre backs as a solid tool who just get rid or if for 90 minutes we go back to that sort of long ball tactic, if it prevents us from um, conceding from our non-optimal first choice centre back pairing, then I'd be okay with it for one game, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I I, I do think there's, there's a bit of merit to the idea of putting Tom in centre back. I mean, Carl, Bambr- Bam- Carl Bambrick Carl Bambridge, get these people's names right, mate. Naylor and Raggett at centre back with McCrory coming into midfield and walks at right back.
1: Should I say that again? So Naylor
0: and Raggett at centre back, McCrory in the middle and walks at right back.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that. Um, again, it, it, like I said, there's not going to be any of these formations that I'm suddenly really excited by. But I think that's as, I guess that's as good as any. Yeah, I would, I wouldn't be crying if I saw that at two o'clock on Saturday.
0: The only other thing people have put out there, I saw what Andy Smith wanted. He wanted to go four four two, which we we can talk about whenever. But he was talking about putting Gareth Evans at right back, um, um, which, which is a option hasn't people talked about us for a
1: while, has he? I mean, yeah, he he did the job in League Two quite well, extremely well. Um, he's played pretty much everywhere on the pitch for us. But I couldn't tell you the last time he played at right back in a game for us uh, that, that I've seen anyway. You might be able to correct me on that
0: no um, ages ago
1: it would be it would be a while i i don't know if i'd feel comfortable throwing him in to a game where burgess who would be um probably as the right center back burgess would normally be playing alongside him but burgess is going to be suspended so yeah i again we we're talking about continuity and having a settled and you know a back four who are on the same page and used to playing in those positions i mean if if we had Evans at right back for me that would be an argument towards Naylor playing centre back next to him because then you've got a more someone with a bit more experience there who's played there slightly more recently I guess plus having the captain there alongside him potentially could help.
0: Yeah, I think I think you could mm-hmm. go with that with that idea. I, I personally think that Gareth Evans, as you mentioned at first, hasn't played there for a while, so at right back. So for me, it it's more if we had to play someone at right back then I know people can say we haven't got many natural right backs apart from James Bolton, the forgotten man. Um, Is he fit at the moment? I think he's fit, isn't he? He's not in the
1: squad. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. yeah, I don't think he, he, I don't think he was even on the bench on Saturday.
0: Maybe he's injured. mate. Maybe I've missed that, but I was pretty no, sure he was fit. No, I've, I don't remember
1: seeing that he is injured. But he, I'm, I'm fairly certain he wasn't in the squad. Cause again, it's something we spoke about before the game. But um, yeah, we've again, it goes back to what I said about Nathan Thompson. I, I'd still well, taking him back is the wrong term. It's like an ex-girlfriend. You, you wouldn't go there. But um, I wouldn't if he if he hadn't left on such sort of inauspicious terms. I would. I would happily have him in our starting eleven at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, how about going a bit more experimental? Liam wants to call back Matt Casey and put him at centre back.
1: Yeah, why not? Do it. Chuck him in. Why not? At this point, for a Saturday. No, to be yep. fair, in, in all seriousness, I mean, he's a he's a very tall player. Could do a job, but again, would you would you want to throw him in straight into a starting lineup no. in an unsettled back four in a league game that? But looking at the other fixtures at the moment, it's a game we need to be winning. If you're looking at you know, the other teams we've got to play around the Christmas period. Um, yeah, I'd, I I wouldn't expect that to be what we see happening.
0: And are you also looking forward to Jack Watmore returning, which has been a theme? So
1: excited. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the mental strength he's had to come back from, from these repeated injuries is genuinely incredible. Uh, fair play to him. Very much hoping he's the same player as he was before the second injury. Um, I just remember my heart sinking when he limped off last time. Um and you could tell that it was, you know, going to be a long one again. But yeah, I'm excited for him to come back. I think when he does come back, I'd like to see him and Burgess starting alongside each other. I think that's our it's be our starting centre-back pairing uh, in my opinion. But yeah, he's played did he come back for that Reds' game last year? Yeah. Week? So it. he's he's getting there now. So I mean, I, w- I wouldn't expect to see him resting in the league before Christmas, but sort in the, of in the first team in the league before Christmas, I expect he'll get a couple more Rezies games. But hopefully around the new year, hopefully before, um, I'd love to see him back in the side, yeah.
0: It's a mouth-watering idea, isn't it, having him and Burge playing, you know, two players that, I, mean, I, suppose, I suppose you could say, you know, we're not going to be as concerned about with that partnership at the back. I thought, you know, Jack can obviously pass the ball out well, as well as being, um, you know, being defensively sound as well which would really help us get the ball out, stop banging it out, and uh, it would help, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it's like it's, it's having that solid backbone to the team that you're not worried about when they're under a little bit of pressure at the back. I mean, Christian Burgess makes us have our hearts in our mouth quite a lot of the time. Um, he likes doing things on the ball, but most of the time they come off. But I, I guess it's it's similar to, well, in, in a weird way, to when David James was in, in goal, uh, in that he was capable of... you know. Best keeper I can remember us having, um, in in my lifetime anyway. Uh, but he had that howler in him, and when there was a high ball or under pressure with a pass back, you had that sort of tiny little part of you that was like, no, 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 nothing stupid. And I, I get that with some of our centre back pairings, but with Burgess and Watmore, I think I'd be a lot more happy when they were under pressure on the pitch that they weren't going to, you know, make a. A horrendous mistake and cost us a goal. So yeah, that that'd be my first choice center back pairing by distance.
0: Yeah, same. It, let's just hope Jack comes back and he's fit enough to to play the way he did before and hope it doesn't hamper him at all, really.
1: Exactly. Um, I think he I think he will do. If he've got the strength to do that level of rehab, you know, again and come back and to be playing he's he's gonna have to be playing well enough in training to get picked up for the first team. So if he does get picked up for the first team again, which I think he will do then i'd back him to be the same player as he was before the injury
0: yeah no i I do as well never can i come back come back to us jack um andy i know that you're particularly excited about this so um i'll just go ahead and get it out there Um, so it's 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 the league one manager of the month award coming up and oh uh, yeah
1: yeah oh highlight of my highlight of my year so far yeah
0: I know, I know you've added it to my calendar or something we should um, <laughs> we should all share but um yeah Kenny Jacket has been nominated for the manager of the month award um, we're obviously we we 10 ba- 10 games unbeaten at the moment um lots of good key wins and you know you have to give some some uh respect over for that no matter what your your feelings are either way i suppose however first of all Andy do we even want Kenny Jacket to win this manager of the month award with the dreaded curse it comes with generally
1: uh yeah, I don't believe in any, any of that crap. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, we're unbeaten in 10 um, and it is a results business. I saw, um, I think it, yeah, it was Jake Mayers said on Twitter, in terms of results, yes, you should win it. In terms of performance, is not at all. But football is, by definition, a results business. So, I yeah, in terms of the manager's curse, sorry, manager of the month curse, I honestly couldn't care less about that. If we lose against Accrington on Saturday, it won't be because you won Manager of the, the month and in the 24 hours between games, it all fell. Uh, sorry, in the 24 hours between that being announced and the, the Accrington game, it all fell apart.
0: It, no, I. Andy, I, you're a ma- you're a man of science, right? Yeah.
1: Also, I don't you're, believe in curses and all that. Yeah.
0: Exactly, but I, I'll be honest, mate. Got to be got to be clear with you here. I've heard that you get a curse by denying the Manager of the Month's curse as well. So you're sort of setting yourself up, really. Now.
1: Well, I'm saying nothing to do with that, mate. <laughs> it, 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 I've said it, and it's my work Christmas due tomorrow night, so I'll, I'll let you know on Friday whether or not anything happened like, that represents me being cursed.
0: That's it. Please let everyone know, um, and I'll tweet uh-huh. it out, at, at PO Forecast If it all gets tits up, right? Yeah. yeah. Good to know, mate. Um, Hutch came around, and he said, no, because um, if he does win Manager of the Month award, you usually lose the next game. So he, he obviously knows about what's going on with the Manager of the Month curse. Yeah, I
1: Yeah, I don't want to repeat what I've just said. I'm not buying that at all, mate. <laughs> if we if we if we lose on Saturday, it'll be because of a defensive cock up with a makeshift centre back pairing, or it'll be because we don't take haven't taken our chances in front of goal, or because one of the Accrington players has scored a worldie, or there'll be a footballing reason. There's always a football in reason for it.
0: Okay. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. I believe in magic, mate. Um <laughs> Just moving on, obviously slightly sad times in the sense, well, very sad times, but uh, Jim Smith, former former Pompey manager and former assistant Pompey manager, um, sadly passed away. Um, The news just broke on Twitter a couple of days ago, I believe, was it yesterday, Andy? We're recording this yet? So we're recording this on Wednesday, so it was Tuesday afternoon. Um, Let's just keep us happy. Andy, do you have a favourite moment with um, Jim Smith? Um.
1: His first stint managing us, I was too young to really remember any of that. I mean, he ma- it was ninety one to ninety five. He managed us, yeah. And I was born in ninety one, so from that first stint, I don't have any real specific memories. Obviously, you watch stuff back uh, on YouTube, like the FA Cup run uh, in nineteen ninety two, and obviously the year after that, we had a really good season as well um, in in Div one. But yeah, I don't have specific memories from that. So I guess. My my real memories of would be him and Harry uh, when we won Div One, uh, and I was what eleven, twelve years old. Uh, yeah, that would be my my long lasting memory of that that squad and having him and Harry at the helm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that that's also my main uh, memory as well because um, I'm older than you, mate. I'm thirty two, but again, I'm just in between that generation really of having any sort of meaningful uh, memory of that that cup run and the Darren Anderson goal and um, and all that. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, obviously send out uh, our thoughts to everyone who, who actually knew him properly uh, rather than us who are just mere spectators and um, admirers as such. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Let's, let's change Let's change the tone a little bit, mate. Um, I just wanted to, to know, before we preview the Accrington-Stanley game, whether you had anything in particular you wanted to raise about um, any performances of the team, any players in particular, anything I've missed that you wanted to go into or should we roll into the... Well, slightly deep preview we've got back from Stanley.
1: Um, Not particularly. I mean, for me, I I was speaking to uh, one of my friends, Jack, earlier, and my main frustration, I guess, is that you look at the players out and the players in, and you always say you try and improve your squad from the season before. Um, And obviously, it's a bit of an, an anomaly because we had players that were potentially too good for the league last year. But, yeah, the players we've brought in who now aren't even starting to replace first team players from last year. And that's not because the competition for places at centre-back is particularly, you know, of a high standard. Uh, I think that's my only frustration, to be honest with you. And it sends, it definitely sends a message to to Downing and Raggett that, you know, they've been signed to replace a first-choice centre-back and now they start, you know, their they're second, third, fourth choice behind a former non-league striker and a centre midfielder in their own centre-back position. So, yeah, I think that's that's my only frustration. But at the end of the day, mate, we're unbeaten in 10 in all competitions. You can say what you want about the fact that we've scraped to win in some of those games against, against two lower league oppositions uh, in that 10 game. But at the end of the day, as I say, it's a results business. We're unbeaten in 10. The table is looking a shed ton better than it was, you know, six weeks ago. I think we were down in 18th in one point. I know we had games in hand, but we weren't winning games. So I don't think we can really sit here and complain too much at the moment, as as fun as that is uh, to sit here moaning for an hour and a half on a podcast. I don't think we're really in a position to do that because we are picking up results. And again, on paper, Saturday I'd have taken a result, uh, like I'd have taken a 2 or draw before the game. Um, but I think it's just the circumstances where you're con- you know, conceding late like we seem to a lot and throwing away leads. It makes it slightly more frustrating, but... I think, considering where we were eight weeks ago, I'd have snapped your hand off if you'd offered me where we're at now. Even if you take into account some of the performances not being, you know, particularly exciting.
0: No, completely. I think the first thing to do is just find a way to win, isn't it? And That's then exactly. from there, you can tweak it. And yeah, generally, I suppose I um, will tell everyone listening to this podcast it is a lot easier uh, and a lot more fun talking about the team winning um, and just what what needs tweaking, etc., rather than wholesale issues across the the team and not sure you know week to week addressing them i suppose or whether you've mm-hmm. already addressed it or what changes so that's the thing, mate it's
1: like it's it's the apathy that's set in uh, at one point that's the real concern uh, in terms of as you say having having nice things to talk about on the podcast but also in terms of um social media and people interacting with with the pages on social media people you know people don't if there's more apathy there and people aren't as passionate, then people don't get into arguments on the pages on, on Pompey News Now or on & Faithful. You're, it's, it's really difficult to get passionate about something when so many other people are feeling so dispassionate about it. And when we went to one up on Saturday, it was the first time for a long time in Fratt and I've really got excited about a goal. Um, yeah, recently it's been, I've, I've really found it hard to get that that real buzz that you normally get when your team scores it's like oh we have scored great rather than that you know limbs that you want to see at any home game or any away game for that matter when you score but yeah Saturday going 2-1 up was the first time I've really felt like limbs at us scoring for a while so yeah I think we're back on the right track mate to be honest with you
0: yeah, and it was a great feeling, wasn't it, when that goal went in? actually? It was a bit of a... It was a massive roar, and Pompey continued to attack from that point of view as well and mm. continued to press. And yeah, exactly, it was, mate. It was the best feeling I've had for a while inside the ground.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And I think the fact that it's sort all of dribbled in as well, and it was... I wasn't quite behind it in the front. And then I'm sort of on, on that angle the ball was rolling towards, but not quite behind it. So I couldn't quite see if it was going to sneak in or come off the post and then either be cleared or Curtis knock it in. But I think the fact that it was sort of a slow build-up and it was just... You know, again it was one of those moments where everything slows down and yeah it was it was nice to have that sort of feeling of, of limbs again and as you say we scored and then looked for a third straight away and tried to obviously it wasn't successful but tried to make the most of the pressure and it was really refreshing to see that rather than scoring and then going straight into that sitting back that we've been guilty of a few times.
0: Yeah and I think if we can continue doing that we're going to you know we're going to win more than we lose, at least, aren't we? And Agreed. it's yeah. it's going to be we've got the attacking players. If we go for it, I do believe we will score goals. And there are a lot of teams in this league that, quite frankly, don't score a lot of goals and don't have the ability to come back from knocking two, three past them. So if we can if we can get out there and do that, we don't worry yeah. too much about who's playing centre back for the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. In terms of if you look at the the statistics on it, in terms of goals scored teams above us, we've scored more than Coventry, uh, we've scored more than Bristol Rovers and we've scored the same number as Wick and I- Wickham and Ipswich who are first and second. Uh, we've just obviously conceded more than them as well. I mean, look at Blackpool have, have uh, what, they conceded 22? Yeah, yeah, we've conceded a lot more than Wickham and Ipswich. But, um, but yeah, if we, it sounds really, really cliche and really simple, keep scoring goals, you're going to win games. But I do think that playing the way we did on Saturday, we're going to win more games than we're going to lose and you know it could be worse we could be Sunderland that's all I'm saying
0: yeah that's it Parkins- I mean, the- Parkinson in right? well this is the-
1: that I mean I don't want to get distracted from what we are talking about this week but when Jack Ross went from Sunderland I've been keeping a really close eye on that because that was around the same time that Jack it out and all that was getting a, b- a bit of a movement and to be honest with you I'm normally one I am one of the last people to ever think actually maybe this is time for a change but at the start of this run I was not far off that at all and but so I watched what happened at Sunderland with really uh, quite closely and yeah it just shows that you know change isn't always good and things have just fallen to bits with uh, with Parkinson in charge and yeah where they've gone from being around the playoffs with us in 18th and now we're above them by two points so yeah it could always be worse
0: yeah, and it was it was a poor appointment though, wasn't it? I remember, you know, hearing about it and I just thought they've gone from one, you know, defensive manager to another one. Yeah, um,
1: well they've they've lost more in I think they've lost more in a month under Parkinson than they did in a calendar year under uh, Ross. So I think that says all you need to know. They're just free falling, aren't they really?
0: And long may it continue. We've got them coming up, I think, at the start of February. Yeah, uh, that'll be, it's a good game. opportunity
1: for them to turn their form around, isn't
0: it? <laughs> you can see that now, can't you? And then finishing a point ahead of us for the playoffs or something mad.
1: Uh, yeah, well, yeah. If they turn it around and finish near the playoffs, then fair play. But, yeah, it's not It's not upsetting me to see them. I I'd normally pick one team in the league and keep an eye on them throughout the season. And this year, well, this year and last year, to be fair, it's been Sunderland. Just teams that you feel we should be there or thereabouts with and you'd want us to be above Um Unfortunately, there are also nine other teams above us, but
0: you know. Sunderland are helping us set the bar low, aren't they?
1: Exactly. It's given me some, some uh, perspective.
0: <laughs> exactly. I um, was going to say, I went to the women's game on Sunday and I was actually pretty impressed by, they won 6 1, by the way, in the mm. FA Cup against Leighton Orient. Um, I was pretty impressed by the way they passed the ball around. They don't. They don't play long ball or anything. It's very short pass and move. Um, one of the strikers, in the Bunsen, scored from about thirty-five yards, I think, chipping the keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, just goes to show, doesn't it, that you can have an attacking philosophy and um, and see it out and and it works. So I was pretty impressed. Just sort yeah, of did, shout did that they out.
1: go? did they go goal down in that game?
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. It so, was torrential rain as well.
1: Yeah, I think I saw Chiv tweeting about it that uh, they went to goal down, then it started raining, and then by the time it stopped raining, they were four up or something in a torrential rain shower. So yeah. Um, Yeah. Good on coming down from a goal down to win, win by that amount is it shows good mental strength. I guess I didn't, I haven't seen any part of that game myself. I watched a decent amount of women's football. I watched uh, WSL quite a lot, but I've not been down to watch Pompey women's because it's, it's a long way from where I am for, for that, for just one game in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, no, I saw it. Um, And I thought the number eight, the captain Jay Bradley absolutely dominated the center midfield, mate. She was literally just. She picked the ball up. They were their uh, midfielders were scared every time she came near them. Um, her passing was good, um, and I thought I thought she was a right hand handful game. And I think that class in the middle really allowed Pompey just to pass the ball around really nicely. Mm. Um, so yeah, standout player for me for the game. Um, oh, good to okay, hear. okay, cool. Um, let's get into our friends at Accrington Stanley. This is always a difficult team to play against, isn't it, Andy? Aki Stanley. They always seem to get, you know, find a way to... Was it two all last season at their place or something? Um, they're one of those teams, aren't they, that just seem to have the ability to pop out a result against Pompey?
1: Yeah, it's a tough place to go. Uh, I think in terms of um, the way they treat away fans, I actually quite like them as a club when we're not playing against them. Uh, I know that in the past, I don't know if they've done it for Pompey, but with other clubs, they've sort of done a a free drink for travelling supporters who have come from a particularly long way away. Um That's nice. Um I, I know they did, it, I think it was Plymouth they did it for last season, Uh potentially. But I know that I've seen them do it in more than one game, where they, they give a beer to each of the away fans uh, who have travelled. So hopefully that will happen on Saturday, but I'm not, not hopeful. Well, I, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's a tough place to go. They're not in the best of form, um, but I think, I guess we're going to talk about it in a minute that there always seems to be red cards in their games at the moment. There's been four red cards in the last six games, uh, three of them for the teams they're playing against. So I don't think it's difficult to work out what sort of niggly game they're going to try and play. Uh, and again, it's going to come down to discipline and not getting sucked in like a lot of their recent opponents have into that sort of little petty doing things behind the referee's back. I mean, I think Bolton went a goal up against them and then went down to 10 men and then Stanley scored seven. So they're decent when they're playing, <laughs> you know, against 10 men like that.
0: Exactly. But I mean, as you said, there's been four um, red cards in the last six games, Three's the opposition, but Akron and Stanley have actually um, had four red cards themselves this season. Dirty so team. 35 yellows and four reds this season. 35 yellows, four reds. Wow, in what? Is that 18 Eighteen yeah. games? so that's just in league one so mad isn't it
1: so that's what two and a half cards a game is it Yeah, just under two and a half cards a game i think 38 game Uh, yeah just over two guards a game but that's a lot of reds
0: that is a lot of reds and that's a lot of teams getting pretty fucked off with them really isn't it and ended up getting sent off so ronan (laughs) curtis mate please be on your best behavior yeah curtis to get
1: carded there's your bet for saturday Uh, curtis to get carded
0: yeah, no, that's not a bad bet, everyone, actually, because we put that out there. Um, there you are, Andy, tipster. All
1: right. Probably won't happen. I don't bet on sports, <laughs> other than Nathan Thompson to score and Lee Brown to score. I don't bet on sports at all, because no, I'm no. dreadful at it. So, yeah, it won't come in. But
0: Yeah, not as good as me, apparently, after the weekend. Yeah, exactly, mate. Let's have a look at the team. They actually play. Um, or have played in the last uh, couple of games. They've mixed the formation up a little bit, but generally they've been playing a 4-1-2-1-2 formation, which again is the same as Peterborough, um, which I said to Greg, which he laughed about calling it the AC Milan diamond formation, um, which he said he's old enough to remember that. So thanks, Greg. Um, But yeah, they they play down the middle quite a lot. Um, They're not always just sort of trying to attack each wing, but up front they've got um, Cody Bishop, uh, with eight goals this season, um, interesting with his head. Although I've got him listed here at five foot ten, so interesting that he's managed to win um, the second most headers in the team and has scored with his head, etc. What have you got? Him at? Five foot eight. Yeah, five ten is what I've had him listed at.
1: I've got one point eight meters down in my notes for him, and I'm one point eight two meters, and I'm just over six foot. So yeah, he's he's about six foot, maybe just under six foot.
0: But still apparently dominant in the air. So that man can jump, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, apart from that, um, they've got his his partner with him. Obviously, you've got, well, what's his called? I can't remember Dion, his first name. Dion Charles. Dion Charles. Um, he's got three assists this season. He looks lively. Do you know much about him, Andy? Not at all, mate. Nope. Not come across him in person. Nope. Got nothing for you. Nothing at all. Um, they've got Sean McConville. They, um, they do the seem quite reliant.
1: So- yeah, they're quite reliant on a few, on a, a small number of players for goals. So if you can, you know, nullify one of those players, you're going a long way towards getting a result, which sounds very cliche, but they're not one of those sides where they spread goals evenly around the team and don't have a particularly, you know, they don't have a standout goal scorer. They, they very much rely on Colby Bishop for, for their goals. He scored over twice as many goals as anyone else in the side this season. So if you can negate his threat, then you're going a long way to getting a result.
0: No, completely. And Pompey just need to know, because Accrington can pass the ball around well. They play, they try quite a few through balls as well. Um, they're not a team that's just going to play with a sort of one outlet striker up front. It's it's not dissimilar to how Peterborough play. They tend to sit back a bit and then try and pass the ball around when they've got it. So is their pitch anywhere further improved, by the way, Andy? Do you know? Because obviously I think they tried to lay some new turf over there. Because oh, really? you know, At this time of year, it's been historically... Shocking, isn't it? At Accrington, um, I am not sure, mate. I'm just looking at their possession stats for previous games. They don't
1: seem to, other than the one or draw with Tranmere, they don't ever seem to have a majority of possession, so it doesn't sound like they sit there patiently passing it around, which would make sense if, um, if they, uh,
0: well, they're similar to Peterborough, really, mate, in that formation.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at their, yeah, their recent possession stats. So you've got some in the 30s that they've got results out of the game but they're not sitting there playing it around the back four
0: so they're a team again who who have the ability um, to hit it on the break um, and they will play as I said fairly similar to Peterborough who don't try and dominate possession either do they um, mm-hmm. as as a team themselves even, even at home so it's not just like they're not going to set up particularly differently um, Where's their ground court I've just forgotten Stanley well, Park
1: not off the top of my head mate Showing up my League One knowledge.
0: Thanks, mate. I've I've already shown mine up, mate, so I wouldn't worry about it. But then again, everyone already knew Uh, that anyway. So the crown ground. There we go. There we go. Um, Yeah, I don't know, mate. Akron and Stanley are one of those teams that I feel that are capable of getting a goal. So with our new back four partnership, they're just going to have to be solid. But I think the fact is that For this game, my key is us going out and scoring some goals against Akron and Stanley, um, who are capable of conceding a fair amount of goals. So rather than just worrying about, you know, the back four and I suppose, you know, who's playing there, I think the emphasis in this game has to be go out, score a few goals um, and the midfield needs to work hard because, you know, Akron and Stanley aren't Peterborough so no, they're,
1: they're 18th on the table aren't they I think. exactly so
0: that. if we can go out play our game get get the same players who are on form um up the pitch that you know the front four in particular and um, get some balls in the box for harrison um and then you know play some nice football i think we can come away with the win against akron and stanley doesn't matter who's playing at the back
1: you, you'd hope so mate they're coming in off what well, they scraped a one all draw with uh, Tranmere, and Tranmere were dreadful at fratton at the start of the season i i can't imagine they've turned things around too much. They're still near the bottom of the table. Um yeah, you'd you'd have to fancy us to get a result, right? Like yeah, bear with. Um yeah, they're coming in off what have we got? A one or draw with Trammere. Obviously that Bolton result. But they've they've not had that many games in the league recently by the looks of it. They've had a reasonably quiet time of it. Um they beat in the football league trophy but I don't know what the, the teams whether they played their first team in that but yeah they've not had that huge number of games recently to be honest with you they only had two two league games since the 17th of November which isn't a huge amount you know so hopefully they'll be a bit slow starting
0: yeah, let's hope so. And Pompey just need to carry on that momentum that they built after scoring that second goal. Um, and I think we could actually be on for a on for a winner to be honest, mate. Um, which is so. no I'm li- calling that for a win, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, a nice optimistic um, prediction for me. So, Andy, we'll do score prediction time. What do you think the score is going to be, and who's going to score? I'm going three-one Pompey and a Lee Brown anytime. Confirm
1: like mate. that.
0: Confirmed. Like that.
1: Like London London buses mate you wait ages for one then two come along at
0: once it's true mate i do i do feel that massively um i'm going to go for a 3-0 performance i'm going to joke around about the back four holding strong Pompey managing to get three goals away from home um and hopefully this will set us up for some of the matches we've got against the bigger teams yeah um, i'll i'll go ha- um i'm going to go harrison brown and um Sorry, I actually had had that in my head then. Harrison, Brown, and let's go running Curtis to get to get the third. he's
1: he's had a, a game off, so he's due. I think he's a, due. And due I think he was playing
0: well as well. And I think Aki would give him enough space to to step inside and have a shot, should we say?
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Yeah. It's nice to see him that he's been back to you know, not far off his best since he had that little break from the team. It's been really refreshing to see him back doing bits again
0: exactly um you know and he got a bit of a kick in the nuts didn't he um as well as slamming his hand in the door by island basically releasing him from the squad mm. and i think that was a go prove yourself thing and um, yeah he's got a he's, point to
1: prove now right
0: yeah he seems like a man on a mission now doesn't he so um let's hope he keeps that up andy it's been awesome having you on the podcast as always mate
1: always a pleasure to be here mate always good
0: no, mate. It's been great to having the podcast. Um, is there anything you want to plug at the moment? Um, I know, I know, Fran Faithful is absolutely flying at the moment. Um, um, how many, think, fo- how many followers now
1: have I we got? Don't, I honestly, don't know. It's, I think we hit eighteen k last week. But yeah, give Fran Faithful a like. Uh, as I said, in general, I think things are a little bit slow at the moment. It's that sort of grinding through the middle of the season. Performances haven't set the world alight, even though the results are coming in. But yeah. Drop us a like on on Facebook, Pratt and Faithful, and obviously follow Pompey News Now as well, uh, which uh, is sort of our the backbone of this podcast. Uh, exactly. Follow Pompey News Now on Twitter and on Facebook for your for your Pompey bits, and uh, yeah, we'll try and get as much material out as possible.
0: That's it, um, and yeah, and give us a follow on Insta as well, Andy. Awesome, mate! And uh, le- until next time. <laughs> Let's hope the blues come by with three points and Pompey. You. you have been listening to the PO forecast for Pompey News Now, available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple podcasts. Follow PO forecast at Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.